Right, we've got Big John Fisher, who's been going viral on TikTok, YouTube, doing podcasts, going out to the Chinese, having a laugh. It is a unique angle. You should check his socials out. All the links will be in the description box. And he's brought his son, Johnny, who is... What's your, what's your streak right now? Nine and oh. Nine and oh. Eight knockouts. We're talking Oi. sparring with Tyson. Who else you spar with? Uh, uh, Derek Chisora, Joe Joyce, Fabio Wardley, Daniel Dubois. Uh, who's the other ones? Anyone else? Dave Allen, the White yeah. Rhino. Yeah, so all different names. A lot, of the, a lot of the top ones, which has been good. And we're here today to hear the life story. And they've also got, you've got upcoming gigs as well, haven't you? Ella? Yes. Ella? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just blown away we're listening to Johnny's record then. Yeah, we've got a lot we've got a big tour coming up with uh, Big John, so we're looking forward to that. We're hitting a, a number of different uh, towns across England, from Middlesbrough, Manchester, down to Portsmouth. And Scotland and Ireland. Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Wales. Proper UK tour. Yeah, so we'll be dropping Ireland. in all the dates at the end of the um, podcast. All right, let's start with, did it begin in Romford or were you born somewhere else? I was born in the Royal London Hospital, Whitechapel. Come from a big East End family, like all my mum and dad, obviously, East Enders. Uh, Moved out from there when I was about two or three, like what a lot of East Enders did then. Moved to Harold Hill near Romford. Stayed there for a year and then ended up in, like, Gidea Park in Romford ever since. And what was it like growing up? I had a good childhood, never went without anything. We was never rich. You know, just a standard. My dad worked all the hours, my mum worked, um, but we never went without anything. Had a, had a really good upbringing. What was it your love. parents did, sorry? My dad had a haulage company, like, you know, lorries, and then he started up a cheese firm, buying and selling cheese, which I later went into after I'd done my A-levels. And uh, my mum just worked part-time at Holland and Barrett, of all places. Love Health that shop. shop. Yeah. Was that the beginning of the, you know, the cheese? Was that the beginning of something there? <laughs> yeah, the cheese, as I say, I've I done my A-levels. I went and worked up the city, first of all. Yeah. Samwar Japanese Bank, I believe they're not there anymore, but it wasn't for me. Mm. I always used to go to work with my dad when I was younger, and I said, look, Dad, can I come and work with you? And he didn't want me to. He wanted me to stay in the, in the city. Makes sense, really. Paid holidays, paid sick pay. Uh, went and worked for my dad, and we built the cheese business up quite well. Um... And we're still doing it to this day, just about. Had a rocky road through lockdown, had a lot of bad debts. Um, people that knocked me are the people that was closest to me. Yeah. Um, and, but touch wood, thankfully, I've never knocked anyone in my life, and I hope it stays that way. I've never met anyone in the cheese business no, before. No, me neither. What does it take to be in the cheese business? Uh, Doesn't it take quite a long time? Yeah, it's just... Listen, my dad used to transport the cheese on his haulage. So then he said, look, I'm transporting it, why don't I buy and sell it? And we got a packing, like a warehouse, packing plant. He'd done, he done a lot of wonders, my dad. Um, and then, as I say, it's just a lot of grief. It's a lot of hard work. And you're from Cheshire. We, we deal mainly with companies in Cheshire, like J.S. Bailey, um, Fairfield Foods, FJ Needs. You know, you've got a lot of good companies up there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, listen, it's put a roof over our head. But it has been hard work. You know, whenever I've been on holiday, I'm always at the end of the phone, always ringing up. It's, it's non-stop. Even now, I'm going to work tomorrow for about five, six hours doing the cheese. It, it's relentless in a way. But it's all I've ever known. So seeing that your dad, you and your dad both sound like grafters, did, what was that like in school for you? Yeah, I was... Listen, my mum and dad always led... Education came first. You know, you've got to try hard at school. You've got to do your best at school. 
Um, even though my dad had no qualifications whatsoever, old East Ender left school at 15, just went to work. But he knew how to earn money. He knew how to talk to people and, and get on. But yeah, it's just, listen, we've just been brought up, work as hard as you can, but enjoy life as well. You've got to enjoy life. There's no point living if you don't enjoy it. What kind of stuff did you get up to as a kid? Have you got any crazy or funny stories? <sighs> Not really. I'm, I'm quite, uh, I, was, I was quite straight down the line, played football, boxed, obviously, as a, as a amateur, you know, amateur. Had three older sisters. They can probably tell you a few stories about me, but they all had, all had boyfriends. All I can remember, one, Stuart, who's married to my, my sister now. Whenever he'd come round, we was with my mates, we used to do a big greenie in his hair and run. <laughs> <laughs> and he could never catch us. But now it'd be different, he'd be able to catch me now, so I won't, I won't do it. But yeah, pretty, pretty bog standard, happy childhood. Um, not really, didn't get up to much, I weren't really in trouble. Used to stand my ground. I never backed down from any trouble, any fights, because that was installed in me from the family, like where we come from. But I never went looking for trouble either. Never. So how did you meet your lovely wife? Well, we was in Hollywood. It was after sparring, actually. I was, I was 18. My wife was a week before her 17th birthday. And I used to spar on a Thursday night. I was I was at the Repton or the Lion. And I used to go to Hollywood, meet my mates. Never drunk, but you used to go and have a couple of hours, chill out. And uh, I've seen her a couple of times before in Romford. We've like, just looked at each other. And then we... Johnny's probably cringing at this. And then we went to... Uh, we went to, I went to Hollywood that night and she was in there. And that was it. Bang, she couldn't keep her hands off me. <laughs> Modest. <laughs> it's the truth. You can ask her this. You can ask her this. It's the truth. But you can't, you can't blame her back then because I looked a bit like Johnny did now. But, uh, um, oh, thank you. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking that as well. <laughs> yeah, and we, listen, we, we like started going out of each other. And she was at Italia Conti at the time, dance, theatre, dance school. And I was a bit old-fashioned and I probably didn't really like what she was doing. But you can't sort of stop her because she's, you know, doing her own thing. Um, and we ended up, all these years later, four children. And uh, still together. And uh, we still do a lot of things. She's coming to Magaluf with me next week on one of my appearances. So... Um, what you got going on in Magaluf? We already went there last week. We went there last week. Johnny, appearance. After yeah. Johnny's fight, I had an appearance in Magaluf Bananas Nightclub and about 20 people come. It's coach Mark Tibbs, Sonny Cannon, Elbrook, the only fans girl, she came. And, uh, you were there for Father's Day as well, weren't you? You had a roast. No, we had Father's Day. Uh, we had no, Chinese, Blue yeah. Orchid. Yeah. Father's Day. Yeah, that was, just, yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Mon- is it yesterday? It's Sunday. Monday. It's Tuesday today, isn't it? Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, I'm getting Tuesday, 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 Spent time with them and I had a really, really good time. Magaluf was, was lovely. It gets a bad rap, but it was, oh, it was really good. The beach, yeah. you see, unbelievable. What took you to Magaluf? Like, how did you get, why did you go there in the first place I for was, an appearance? Were I, was, you invited? I was paid by an agency, yeah, to go there, do an appearance. So, why not? You know, they pay for your flights, pay for your hotel. Uh, so, you, you would say you're now sort of a mini celebrity getting invited out to abroad. I was invited to, to Las Vegas a few weeks back with my wife, five nights. So give big shout out to the Plaza Hotel in Las Vegas, great place. Uh, they invited us out there for me to sample all the foods in their restaurants. I'm going to the south of France for the Rugby World Cup. I'm going, where am I going? I've got um, been to Ibiza, O Beach, with Charlie Sloth and Wayne Lineker. Love Ibiza. So it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Right? But you're getting these invites and 
just before we came here, I think I got Iron Apple being lined up as well. So, so how did this all one. begin? Let's go back yeah. to how you got into the what is it, Bosch Talk? Yeah, Bosch Talk. Well, we used to have a, an Instagram, uh, a TikTok called Wilbertross. Me, Johnny, Henry, William, my other son had six hundred thousand followers, didn't it? Yeah, on TikTok. On, on TikTok. But it started off, William was the first one making videos. Yeah, William, videos my youngest son, William, is known as Wilbertross, six, six foot seven, with blonde hair. Everyone keeps saying it's the milk Six ones. foot seven? Yeah, William. Oh, hang on a minute. So, and you're... I'm six foot four and a half. You're six foot four. William's six seven. Henry? Six two. Same as me, six two. How tall is Charlotte? Charlotte's, what's she, about five ten? Poor no, girl. Five foot seven. She ain't five foot seven. She's not five foot ten. Right. We have to ask her. We have to ask her. <laughs> she's, not, she's not short. She's five foot eight, about Hattie's, five foot eight. Hattie's about the same. Hattie's so everyone's got some, some serious yeah. height yeah. going on yeah. in the family. Well, William, he was the first one. He used to be a bit nutty. Still in a good now. way. In a good way. He, sometimes you can't control him. But he's a, he's, a, he's a wonderful young man. Got a good job. But he met a girlfriend. Had a girlfriend. And she calmed him down a little bit, should we say. And he lost a bit of his pizzazz and a bit of his sparkle. He's got it back So now. then it, oh, came, it yeah. came on to us. And uh, but he's he's getting it back now, yeah, because he's not with her anymore. And so. that's when was that when it, the Wolbertross page started? Yeah, it's just one one time as well. Henry, my middle son, used to film me eating Chinese wherever I was or eating food. I didn't know, and all of a sudden he's putting all these videos on TikTok. For any motion particular and, uh, reason why he used to? Is it just because he, he thought it was funny? Yeah, because he thought it was funny. He's got a warped sense of humour. He's got a warped. He's <laughs> got a very creative If my mum burnt a dinner. <laughs> And then you were moaning about it. That was the first one that took off. And you yeah. said, fine, I won't eat anything then. See you later. And I went up the stairs. She's having a go at me going to the cupboards because I'm supposed to be on a diet. I've forever yeah. been on a diet. And I'm going to the cupboard. And I'm, she says, what are you doing? We don't, none of us know we're being filmed. She says, what are you doing? I said, I just need a little snack before I go to bed. She says, you don't really need one. And, and just, just things like that, you know. And like People can relate to it. I think that's why it took off on TikTok. But it really took off on TikTok, Saturday Night Chinese. Weren't, weren't planning anything. Just you say, oh, it's Chinese at the door, like we were waiting for the Chinese. And I think he'd come in and I just went, who wants a effing Chinese? <laughs> and I think it had about 7 million views. Wow. And uh, when, I, when I did it, who wants an effing burger? I did it again. He filmed me while I was being drunk. That went in America, about 40 odd million America. views. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale put me on a story with it, doing it. Yeah. So it's just. It's so just, it's all for the love of your Chinese. Yeah. It's Chinese. Chinese is where it all started from. I used to. I used to get known at the one down the road from me. I was quite proud that they knew me by my first name and yeah. they sent me a Christmas card yeah, yeah. every night. I used to get one. I got most Christmas presents from Chinese takeaways more than anyone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so don't worry about that. It's probably it was, not even joking. But obviously, obviously, then Johnny Johnny sort of turned professional and he had he had a bigger following than me. And we had a race to 100,000 followers. Yeah, then you've gone, you're on 200 and something now. We had a race to 100,000 followers on Instagram, just a bit of fun. But all of a sudden, I just went. Yeah, it's no, there's no comparison now. <laughs> and he, he don't want to beg for followers. That's good. But it's good because um, if one if one or two percent of the people that follow him then end up following me and coming to the fights, it's good for me. Listen, so. when I'm in the club appearances as well, sometimes like one, two, or three of my sons will come with me, or I'll, sometimes I go on my own. I prefer it when one or two of them is with me like when we do the tour hopefully one or two will be with me um, and we always like you do your boshies you do your Chinese who wants a burger but then we always say Bull Army and Johnny Fisher and so it's all it's a family affair then really listen, isn't it the it's most nice. important thing for me is him because yeah. he has to get in the ring yeah. people don't see the work he puts in week in week out day in day out you know they just see the fight and oh, if it's over in two minutes or one or two rounds oh well, that's easy it's far from easy Big respect to all boxers that do it day in, day out. You know, a lot of people couldn't do it. And that's why 
it is why they're so regarded so highly, you know. And that's why I'm going to pass the mic to you to ask some boxing questions because me and Sean are actually none the wiser. I mean, I've been to the, watch the boxing, but yeah, here we go. <laughs> Thank you. Now she's thinking what to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It's it, it's it's a real dedication, isn't it? And um, I've alluded to it before. My boyfriend follows you quite um, religiously and has been to all your fights. And he's mentioned to me about how you you're very dedicated and do you drink at all any out you don't you're totally never, yeah. sober yeah never even when I was at university I never drank either so because you were playing rugby before played right played rugby at university boxing was what I first done when I was six or seven years old but when I played I played a bit of rugby when I went to Exeter Uni so it's known for its uh, good rugby and um, yeah I was studying history there then I did I was playing rugby for a bit and got into the first team for the freshers playing well there but I was probably a bit out of my depth because I was playing with these boys who were played played at really good academy schools and private schools and but the thing is I started playing with them and I was getting as good as them probably not good enough to get into that premiership rugby setup but I was I was on my way to that but boxing was something I always wanted to do because rugby is rugby itself is that's a big game big sport in itself you've got to be super fit super dedicated but I think for me the next the the level of determination, the motivation that you have to have to get in the ring. I don't think anyone quite understands when you get into the ring that the adrenaline, you're going to go... You're on your own as well. You're on your own. We've got top respect for rugby. We get on with the England rugby, the Irish rugby team. But you've got a team. But you've got 14 other players with you on that team. When you get into that boxing ring, when everyone gets out... I kind of miss the camaraderie of the Mm. team sport as well because it's it's just like you have a good laugh with your mates. You you build a bond with the people you're playing with. But you've built a bond with your boxing team, haven't you? Like Megaloof was great, wasn't it? You you build a little team. But you do build a bond with your team in boxing and they're your friends for life. But it is still different. You're not, play, you're not playing yeah. the sport. You're not fighting someone together. Yeah. You're, you're on your own in the ring. Like, it, it, is, it is a different when feel. When you're walking feel. out, um, how, how do you feel? Do you, and because your, your music that you have, why did you pick? Country Roads was, yeah. was my ring walk song. <laughs> yeah. And um, that yeah. was a big song in Exeter Uni. I'm a big country music fan, but Exeter Uni, <laughs> at the end of every nightclub, uh, nightclub, they'd play Country Roads. It was just like a big song. The rugby boys always sang it. And I, I just liked the way it... The tune of it. it I remember when too serious. picking the first song because Johnny had a few fights at Exeter Uni, amateur for them. Right. And we was, I can remember talking, we were saying, what song should I have? Yeah. And a few come up and a few come up, but it always come back to Country Roads, Country yeah. Roads because of the Exeter connection. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you'll ever change it? No, it's always going to be that. But you asked me um, what I feel when I walk yeah. into the ring. When I first felt uh, done it in front of my fans, it's quite nervous and you can't help but feel the nerves because you've got two, three thousand of your own supporters there. But then now, I don't feel... I think I've done it a few times. I don't feel anything anymore, Because your, your last fight at Wembley, now if I'm right in saying this, you were quite low down on the card to start with. And didn't you get bumped up? Because it was the amount of tickets that you sold. You're following the... Run for the army. You're following alone took in... I don't know what the percentage of the sales were, but... You, didn't you get most of the sales? Yeah, yeah. you got but bumped up I always, on the card. Not that I got. Um, I, I would have always been on like the main, the main show. But yeah, I got put up second from last Chief after behind Chief Support behind Sunny Edwards. How did that make you feel? I've had that before when I fought yeah. at Ali Pally as well. So yeah. I, I had the same sort of thing. So I don't. I've learned now to not with boxing. You can't let your emotions get in, get in, get in yeah. the way or get in control. If you're professional, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it's just I've just got to get. I've just got to do my job. My job in there. I've got to fight another man in the ring, and I've got to beat him. 
Nothing else matters. That's all that matters. But it's great. Obviously, you can't. If I start thinking about all the supporters are there, who's in the crowd, yeah. then your mind goes off of it. And I'm really grateful for everyone who who, who comes in and buys a ticket because it makes the atmosphere unreal and it's it does feel like everyone's there for me. But if I start thinking about that in my head, I'm not thinking mm. about what my job is, which is to beat the other man in front of me. Yeah. Then afterwards, I can relax and I go and see all my supporters who've come to watch me. We we make a day of it. People come and they do a bar crawl the day before. We've all got t-shirts on. You can see them all making their way up to Liverpool uh, from Liverpool Street. And then, um, yeah. Is that something you've orchestrated the... Yeah, we, 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 we're the Rotherham Bull Army. We've, we've done it now because I used to have to be at the pubs at the start and then on the train. And then, but I want to be with him. Or near, not with him, but just relaxing because it's yeah. nerve-wracking on the day of the fight. Yeah. But now we've got so many good people in the Rotherham Bull Army. We've got my mate Brad. We've got Michael. my cousin Michael. got Dan Stuart. Dan Lee. You've got Mem, you've Stuart got Kinney, you've got, Stuart there's Kinney. so many characters. So they're like, you can they're write like a sitcom be... about the characters <laughs> in the movie. It's like a Fools and Horses. Yeah. Perhaps but, we should bring them on one of the tour nights. Yeah, yeah we should, we should. Yeah. But when, when, like, one of the videos, I mean, we're sitting in a hotel, one of the videos is on the Elizabeth line getting off, and it's just hundreds of people going up the escalator, all with a rock football t-shirts on. Because yeah. Johnny's fortunate, he's got some good sponsors behind him. And a lot of them, they provide T-shirts. So everyone that buys a ticket through Johnny's link, we give them a free T-shirt. And that's the thing, a lot of my sponsors, so the their same. supporters, they come and they do the bar crawl with everyone. It's not yeah. as if they're just in the background. Yeah, they're, 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 my, they're, part, they're my friends as well. So it's great You're to You're a real them. boxer for the people, really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's just, mm. I'm just trying to be myself. Yeah, people nice. buy into it, they buy into it. If they don't, they don't. But I'm not, I will never try and be anything that I'm not. Do you know I'm what's good about the Romford Balami? What, what we've built together, not just Johnny, not just me, all the people that I've mentioned, we built it together. Um, you've got West Ham fans, you've got Chelsea fans, you've got Crystal Palace fans. Everyone comes Millwall together. Fans. You've got Millwall fans. Yeah. You've got big support Scouts, Liverpool fans. Liverpool, fans. like yeah. Leeds. But when people they come down that, from Stoke, Stoke When they City put fans. that T-shirt on, everyone's the same. And they're there to support Johnny. And, nice? and everyone's welcome. Everyone. Mm. You know, and, and we all have a good time. I mean, Touchwood, nine fights. First two were in lockdown. We've had seven fights. We, we have after parties. Not been one trouble anywhere not one and that's how we like to keep it we're there for a good time just to support yeah. Johnny and everyone get on yeah the support you have is pretty phenomenal um, and also you've done some sparring we touched on it earlier with uh, Tyson Fury yeah. I see actually especially in the last couple of fights I've watched you your stance does remind me I mean your height is I mean no one's as, good as, as tall as Tyson but some of it, the way you move does remind me of how t- do you think you pick up any of his styles or traits? You pick traits? up from everyone yeah. you, you spar with uh, Tyson Fury is obviously the best out there and um, it was great to spar him before the Wild I sparred him before Deontay Wilder free fight the Deontay Wilder yeah. free fight and his dad was there and he, he gave me some good pointers as well and the main thing he said is look after yourself look after number one don't worry about anyone else in this game especially boxing and uh I've never forgot that. And um, who else to set an example for you than Tyson Fury and his dad? So yeah, I'm going to take them take them words on board. Yeah, isn't that yeah. lovely? Yeah, shout yeah. out to them if yeah. they watch this. Yeah, yeah massive shout out to Tyson Fury. Yeah, they're 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 top. They're they're down to earth. You know, they're mm. they're real people, and they're. Uh, he's got. I remember one one story. Um, we were sparring. And they normally give you a bit of expenses, like for the week, like to go and get a bit of food and stuff like that. And I really didn't want to take any money. I was saying, Tyson, I'm really uh, grateful for everything you're doing. I don't want any money. And he said, Johnny, stop being silly, you stupid. You know what? I've earned this much money this year. Just take the two hundred quid and get yourself a sandwich. Oh. So it was, my, it was nice of him. You know, he weren't. He's not flash at all. He's no. just a normal bloke. Yeah. Treats everyone the same. Yeah. And yeah. he's very family. What's striking yeah. me about 
John and Johnny, which I'm going to touch on in a minute, but it's very family orientated, yeah. and this will lead me on to my main question that Sean knows I want to ask this. Why did you call Johnny after you? Was he your favourite? Was yes. <laughs> did you oh, know? I'm the favourite. I'm the oldest, so I'm yeah, the But did you know that he was going yeah. to be your favourite? <laughs> Obviously, my, my dad was John. Oh, right, okay. And, and I'm John, and we was Big John and Little John. I was known as Little John then when my dad was alive. Now you're Big John and I'm Little now John. Now I'm Big John. Right. And we wanted to, I wanted to call Johnny John, but I wanted to change it a little bit, just so, you know. Yeah, and everyone just, thinks my name's Jonathan, or like some people yeah. say that. My real name, my full name's Johnny. That's all it is. We are, we are very family-orientated, yeah. you know. Yes. Like Johnny, my dad, my grand, like Johnny's granddad, we had a little bit of a, an upset today, you know, like my mum was round, and sometimes it hits you. Yeah. You just talk about certain things. My mum was round. My dad used to take Johnny to his training because I got three other boys at the time. Mm. So I, we was taking football and, you know, and Johnny spent a lot of time with my dad and they had a really close bond. And we just, we just, just take it home today. Can't say what it was about or just hit home. And Every now and then it just hits you. You know, like you might be yeah. in the car on your own and yeah. you don't think about it. You, Anything can just set set you off. And it's like only it's once every few years months ago, but yeah. it seems like it was no. yesterday. You think about him every single day, every yeah. day. Yeah. Big big part of all of our family's life. Yeah, he's still yeah. with you then, very much so. Yeah. Always, yeah. still always, in your life. Always. But well. we just we just talked to my mum was round and we just said, look, he's missing this, he's missed that, missed a lot he's with our other kids, not just Johnny, yeah. not just Johnny, with our other children and you know he just think he was taken when he was sixty seven. Retired at 66, dead by 67. Oh, no. Yeah, mesothelioma, the cancer, the asbestosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from when he first worked at 15, because he wasn't lazy, went and worked his first job and ended up taking his life when he could just enjoy life. But it's life, you know. My dad lived his life with no regrets and he, he was what he said he was and he, he's got no regrets. So, But it's just funny how it just hits you, Yeah. you know? But isn't that lovely to be such a close-knit family? It's, not, yeah. it's very yeah. nice to see. Thank so, you. So you all sit down together for dinner time, for Chinese time? Yeah, that's chaos. Is <laughs> it chaos? I'll, try and get in there before. I'll, I'll tell him not to tell them too early because <laughs> they'll all come down the stairs. They'll be upstairs. We'll be sitting downstairs and go, Chinese. <laughs> so we can get ours dished up before they come down. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like a, yeah. like a free-for-all. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there's always enough. But you know what it's like. You want to get the four, first pick. How many is there? Five, there's four, like... Men, yeah, and like my wife and daughter, they just like they just, just take it a bit more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. But the four of us, I'm having that. I'm having that. It's fun. Henry won't let take a backwards step either, and he's the oh, greediest one. Yeah. What annoys me is when they put it on their they and take those on their like, plate and they won't eat it. Yeah, I've not got a problem if someone puts it on there. Henry will fill his plate up and he'll leave half of it. Yeah, every annoying. time. You know, you feel like saying, just take a little bit less. Henry. Sorry if we sound like nutters around <laughs> food. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I've got the one boy inside me now. I'm thinking, God, if I have more of them, I'm yeah. in trouble. You, aren't you, I? If, you have, <laughs> if you at least have two of them, you're in trouble. Oh, no. Especially with Sean thrown in there. When it's dinner time, it's... Uh, yeah. And, and, his, and Sean's eating habits, you don't, honestly, you've never Bile. seen anything Indian like food. it. Love Indian food. Yeah, I love an Indian food. Yeah, well. See, we're, we're more Chinese, but we do love an Indian. Yeah. We do yeah, love an Indian. Nice. But I think an Indian's more for sitting out, going to a restaurant you I know agree. I think I think when an Indian when you get a takeaway it's not nice but it doesn't travel as well as when you're sitting in you see what you're saying <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Indian always tastes better in the restaurant yeah I think nice, nice ice cold lager you know you get looked after so you're telling Sean he needs to take me out more instead yeah. of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stop being a tight sod yeah. <laughs> right the only boxing question I know is how do you get in the zone <laughs> How do I get in the zone? It's quite 
music you listen to is quite important. I think when I get in the change room, and my uh, my strength and conditioner, Sonny Cannon, knows what music I like. He likes the same music as me. And there's one song from uh, Conan the Barbarian. We put on the Anvil of Crom, yeah. and it's really cheesy and it's f- thingy. Oh, but he puts that on, it's like and then it's like. Yeah. Right, that's like five minutes before you walk out. Like, you might be laughing and joking in the change room and he puts that song on and it starts playing. And, and it changes. Yeah. But I've never been in the change room before Johnny Boxes. Not a place for me, not a place for his mum. No. The only place, the only people in my change room are my managers and my trainers. Yeah. And any photographers who are needed. But it's, it's strictly business when you get into that part. Because one of my friends, she was going out with a boxer and she was never allowed to see him yeah. before the fight no. because Makes it would sense. make him too soppy. Yeah, yeah you can't. And yeah. also, yeah. you can't get jiggy before a fight, no, can no, you? No. No. Plus, she might come in there and say, oh, so and so's done this, or so and so exactly. said that. Yeah. yeah. You've just got to have faux tunnel vision, you know? <laughs> tunnel vision. I and mean, stay calm. even, even yeah. footballers, yeah, you wouldn't have. Cristiano Ronaldo in a Manchester United dressing when he played for them with his wife come walking in would you before the game exactly. it wouldn't happen so when we said earlier with boxers it's magnified because it's just you mm. so you know sportsmen sportswomen they've got to be focused before it's focused but it's like you can't get too pent up and use up your nervous energy either you've got to realise you're just going in there to do what you've trained to do it's not too, don't be too dramatic about things yeah. either just use your team this is what you've got to do you've got to do your job and then you get out and then you're done so do you switch up your diet before a fight or is that uh, not chaos? My diet is he quite... Doesn't have to I have to eat a lot of calories. I've, when I'm training, I have 7,000 calories a day. So when I'm sparring and doing the swim or run in the evening, because I can burn 2,000 calories in an hour and a half doing the sparring session. Because I've got a higher metabolic rate. So, um, yeah, I've got to get enough calories in. This and is why I'm overweight, because he's always bringing back food. And listen, if it's not there, I cannot eat it. If he's Spoke got a bit of food, don't have to eat it. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If there's food in front of me, but as a heavyweight, my my Sonny Cannon, my strength and conditioner, used to work with Tottenham Hotspur. He was there like nutritionist, and um, they have an 80-20 percent rule. So when people see me eat, I eighty percent of it's really good, healthy stuff, nutritious. But to replace the calories you've lost after sparring, I might have to go and eat a pizza just to get the calories straight wow. back in. Otherwise, muscle depletion, dehydration. You have to get milkshakes in and things like that. So, but also but, your central nervous system is absolutely yeah. like it's everything cattle trucks yeah, after is. a yeah. fight like you don't know whether you're coming or going no. do you feel because when I've come out it's of about the, the ring, mental rest as yeah well. my head is I'm yeah. so wired yeah but then you Everything's suddenly a bit crash of a blur, yeah and then mm. you and then there's always that anti-climax on the Sunday morning after a fight yeah. you're like oh all of that for what it's all done now just move on everything moves on so you can't get too bogged down just get on to the next thing do you celebrate for Chinese after every Chinese fight? on a Sunday night yeah <laughs> Saturday night you all the last, the last time not this fight the last fight before where was that that was at Wembley as well wasn't it yeah uh, no uh, Liverpool. Damiani Liverpool yeah. we come home from Liverpool fought a tough Italian man Damiani four rounds um, ordered the Chinese just me ordering the Chinese on the phone five million views yeah just because people were waiting for the Chinese yeah, order, right. yeah. I got to ask where your target audience is coming from. Then, if you're getting five million views, we're it's doing something wrong. <laughs> it's just, it's just purely the Chinese. Trust yeah. me, it's purely the Chinese. Like, yeah, whenever I do a Chinese video, bang. Yeah. Have you looked at your analytics though? Who's watching what, the where? Demographic. It's, I said it's, it's a lot of men, isn't it? It's it's, a lot yeah, of I've people. got women now as well. Ten yeah. percent women. Where it used to be one percent women. It's now ten percent yeah. women. Get women coming up to me in the street now. Was in, I was in Las Vegas in a wind hotel with my wife, eating dinner. A gorgeous-looking American lady coming with her boyfriend or husband, 
And she went, oh my God, is that big John? <laughs> and she came up to me, I went, oh hello, please meet. She went, I follow you, I follow everything you do. And then when she sat at the table behind us, her boyfriend and husband went, who the hell is that? Oh no. <laughs> it's just crazy. That was in crazy. a dream, he, did, he just made all that up. No, my wife, my wife was there. My wife was there and she went, this is nuts. <laughs> do you get recognised or not then? Everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. We've got abroad, everywhere. Non- non-stop. And I'm not saying that in a flash way. Sounds like you are. No, don't I'm worry, not. Sean gets no, it as well, no. and he, his ego goes like that. No, I don't, my ego don't go like that. It's just, you just, I mean, I'll probably get recognised a lot easier because I'm a big person as well. So what it is, people come up to you as well because they, they associate with you being friendly and approachable. That's what I it never is. Turn, I never, you know, like we was in Magaluf and I had to walk through the strip the second night we was there and it was chaos. People were like, I want a photo, I want a photo, I want a photo because we had to go and do a bit of filming for something else. And, I think El Brook even said to me, do you never get fed up with it? You never say no. And I said, why would I say no to someone asking me for a photo? You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. That, and a lot of them, my demographic mainly is probably like 16-year-olds up to about 24. So they're like impressionable young, young men sort of thing, most of them, you know. So you're not going to turn around and go, no, I don't want a photo with you. No, you could do you Mike know? Tyson. I think he charges like 40 quid a photo. Yeah, well, perhaps I should do that now. Perhaps I can uh, retire somewhere. But we'll no. be doing something similar on the tour, everybody. Yeah, we can no, get, yeah. a little, get a meet and greet in with John, get up close and personal. Then I'll be then I'll be known as a, mon- a money grabber. But uh, um, listen, when we're on a tour, it's different. People have got uh, money. People have got we've got to pay for the tour, so it's different. But if I'm in the street and anyone wants a photo, who am I to say no? You know, it's just I still think it's crazy when people ask me for a photo. You know, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I just wind Jen up. So when if someone comes up and says, "Saw you on YouTube," and Jen says, "Does that happen a lot?" I say, "Not enough." <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time it was we were in Waitrose in um, I was going to say Western Sydney in Guildford, and you had a face mask on because it was during COVID, and someone recognised you. Through the and face face mask. the head. Yeah, it's yeah, the head. Shiny head. That's exactly yeah. what I with, with me, it's obviously my size. People recognise your size. With you, you've got... Yeah, yeah it's big, shape. shiny, yeah. alien points. head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you get, do you get stopped a lot? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> but do people, I suppose, if you've got your fan base, your demographic... If yeah. people see you, they're going to ask Ours is different. So when I, when I got out of prison, it was like 98% lads. Yeah. But since we got into conspiracies and had David Icon and did all this other content. David Icon, like, everything he said has come true, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah totally. there's no, exactly. no yeah, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're down to 50% men, 50% women oh, right now. Changed, then, yeah. And a lot, a lot out of America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I've got, like, when I say f- following, it's following, we call it following. Australia, America. I who you'd like to come on here and talk about the conspiracies. Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce, yeah. Really? He'd love thought about having Joe on. We love conspiracies. He's, he, he, goes to a lot of conven- yeah. he goes to a lot of conventions in Arizona, actually. In Arizona. Yeah. He goes to the... Oh, yeah. send, him, send him our way. He would be right up. He's big George. into... Yeah. He believes in like past life. So he goes to past oh, life conventions and stuff. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. 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 He, you talk to Joe. I mean, Joe's a good friend of ours. Yeah. You talk to him and he gets deep and he... And he, he goes down a few rabbit saying. holes, yeah. He's not, he's not just... He believes... Once we was talking... We was in Vegas in training camp and we were talking about poltergeists and there was yeah. a lamp above his head and we was talking about how they can change and t- touch things in the house and on the, what, the light started flickering above our head. And he I'm went, see, and he went yeah. see, that's them letting us know but I'm a guardian and I, I, I'll guard you so don't, don't worry. See? Jen, Jen took me to a haunted forest near, near Bath. I was so scared. Near Bath. I've been Sally in, Bath in the woods. I was, I was scared no. the living daylights out of me when it started flashing above yeah. his head. It was scary. 
It's like it's he was away I'm, not, I'm not a believer, but I'm not a disbeliever because I don't know what's out there. You don't know what's. No. Do you know what I mean? It was weird. It was. You odd. just don't know. You can feel the energy though. It can't was you? Yeah. 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 Especially if you're sitting in and in Las Vegas late at night to, to, to leave them things alone. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do because I don't want to disturb any of that. No, yeah. no. Whereas Sean yeah. wants to poke the bear and he'd do with like Ouija boards and all that. Whereas yeah. I'm not keen on. What's any the? Of that. What's the? Do you, like, do you go to haunted houses and scary places then? So since we've diversified from prison stories into like Bigfoot, supernatural, paranormal, we've stuff. gone out, haven't we, with the GoPros and ghost detection equipment. <laughs> <laughs> in various woods <laughs> and Jen didn't tell me because she gets I shit scared she turned it off before we went out so it won't beep and she won't get too scared oh, yeah. so I'm going around hoping for some there's, no, there's, no, there's no beep coming there's no <laughs> beep coming <laughs> and do, you, do you truly believe that there are like spirits oh, and I supernatural do. I do yeah. but I've never seen one but my mum's got some horrific stories of uh, there's a cottage we grew up with near Bradford Avon and horrific poltergeist stories. Yeah. Yeah. And my mum and my stepdad, who are separated, that you know, uh, they're not best of friends, will tell exactly the same, same story. story. So yeah. it does creep me out. But I've never seen anything, and touch wood, I never will. But you have you you had imprints of certain energy in places where there's atrocities. So when I was in Supermax, yeah, I there that, was the yeah. death row where they executed people. You could feel it I there. 100% agree with that. I felt yeah. it when I went to Warsaw. I felt it. I felt mm. that because the massacres and obviously oh, that 90% of the city was flattened in World War Two, And you can feel the death. Yeah. You can feel the eeriness of it. You know, and how quiet. Everyone was so quiet. Yeah. Like, like you can, switch. Yeah. That. Auschwitz. Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah, I've been there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Mm. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But on a lighter note, let's move on. Right, yeah. let's, let's talk about chicken balls again. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we were on. Very interesting. We were on your, your life story, but we took a little detour. Yeah. So we left off with you getting married at a young age. Yeah. How did it feel to get married so young? Well, we got married 1996, 2nd of November, St Michael's Church in Gidea Park. We still live around the corner now. I mean, how old? I was 23. Charlotte was 21 when we got married. But we're talking like. It was sort of a lifetime ago now. You know, people were getting married younger then. I know I sound like an old person, but I wouldn't want my sons getting married at that young age now. You know, but we stood the test of time. It was the right thing to do. And I wouldn't change anything at all, you know, neither would Charlotte. So, but we had Johnny, I was 25 and Charlotte was 23. And then we had three under the age of four. four. Yeah, three boys, bang, 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 one after the other. What was it like on your wedding day? It was good, old-fashioned wedding day. You know, like one of the last sort of old-fashioned weddings, a sit-down buffet, go up and do a buffet, then a good disco. Everyone had a good time. Like a proper old-school sort of wedding, you know, before you paid £50,000 for a wedding. And and I still don't believe in that. I still don't believe in spending fortunes on on getting married, especially when you've got mortgages and bills and rents and rates, you know. Have a good day, have a a great time, but don't waste your... What music did you play? Like Probably Rick Astley. Rick Astley? <laughs> yeah. My first girlfriend was out of Newton Lee Willows oh, back in the Rick really Astley days. Rick Astley, bit of Kenny Thomas. Kenny Thomas yeah. as well. Yeah. Never but, gonna. Yeah. Rick Astley was. He still is. I mean, we love Rick Astley. Yeah, Rick Astley. We love Rick Astley. Yeah. Yeah. Stock Aiken and Waterman. Yeah, they was. Do you remember brilliant. the Hitman and Her? Yeah. Yeah, you Michaela Strachan and you had all the Kylies, you had Sonia. Yeah. You know, what you had was them all. your first dance song? Uh, Celine Dion, I Will Go On. Oh. Yeah. And when it comes on in the radio, Charlotte always cries when she hears it. Probably thinking, what the hell have I done? Yeah, that's why she's crying. <laughs> yeah. What's your preferred karaoke tracks then? Uh, 
I like I like like Johnny. I like a bit of country, but I like a bit of rock, like soft rock, but Bon Jovi, Guns and Roses, White Henry, Snake. Henry sung Bad Medicine, Bon Jovi when yeah. we was in Portugal. He's no, funny. He's funny. William, William likes funny. Frankie, Va- yeah. Frankie Valley. Yeah, Frankie Valley. Yeah. Love, love a bit of Frankie Valley. Yeah. William and yeah. was it William and Henry or William and you saw him live? Henry and William saw, saw Frankie Valley live. Yeah, yeah. saw Frank, the actual Frankie Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Eighty odd years of age. Really good still. film that as well, isn't it? It's that yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So, what was your life like in your twenties? Twenties, just working hard, basically. You know, just uh, the children coming along. But we had we had a lot of fun as well. We used to go to Devon caravan holidays, Cornwall. You know, we weren't, weren't elaborate. We had the odd holiday abroad. But it was just, just about purely working and, and like, paying your bills and, and getting what you can enjoyment and, like, helping the boys as they're, like, little boys, doing what you can. He was over the park with them, football, rugby. Just being a dad, basically. And when the first baby comes, how did your <laughs> life change? Do you know what? It's like, you, you think, how am I going to do it? How, how are we going to deal with it? Because, like... Me and Charlotte never had any anything like that. We had nieces and and like obviously saw them, but it's different. But as soon as you become a parent, you change. That first day, that's your baby. Nothing else matters in life, and you just get on with it. You know, it just comes naturally. Really as soon as does. I found out I was pregnant, I changed. You know, I became yeah. chill. You actually yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. No, chilled the well, fuck out. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. You got because the same greater than you now. You know, you got a purpose bigger than yourself. And when you're a parent, you would die for your child. Do you know what I mean? It, it goes without, you wouldn't even think about it. So it just changes you like that. But the joy it brings, brings your heartache as well, you know, worry and stress. But it's all part of it. It's all part of the journey. What about holding your baby for the first time? Naturally, I gave him his first bottle. He was looking at me, eyes were like, he was £10.3 when he was born. £10.3? He's 63 centimetres, too big for the... Uh, the casket thing, too, too big for all these baby grows. I could beat that. I was 10, 11. Wow. <laughs> what you I was four pound. So yeah. You've made up for it now. Yeah. But when, when I first... Are you sure about that? I was, <laughs> I, I was then what I am now. I've got this problem called being premature. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, bosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the, like, the midwife said, give him his first bottle. Charlotte's like, I'm thinking, I can't do this. You know, the little bottles, the little half bottles. And uh, I just remember him looking, opening his eyes wide, and I'm looking at him thinking, this doesn't look like a newborn. It looks like a three, four-month-old baby. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, all, our, all our children have been, like, over sort of £9, £10, so healthy, healthy size. Was he a sleeper or a crier? Sleeper. I used to, sleeper. every night I remember, in our old house, we've only moved once, in our old house, a few roads away from where we live now, Charlotte always used to give him his last feed. Let Charlotte, she shattered, you know, you, you're going to have it when you're a new mum. And I remember I used to sit there every night without foul. I used to sit in my armchair, he'd be there, I'd be feeding him and we'd listen to classical music. Oh. Just used to oh. listen to classical music and he just used to sit there and content. But like I, he's used now. To, yeah. I used to love it as well. You know, nice and chilled before you go to bed. And I used to put him to bed. And, uh, you know, I'm a, whether you can say it or not, I'm like sort of a man's man. I'll do the man's roles and Charlotte does the woman's roles. Whether you can say that or not, I don't know anymore. But that was how we grew up. But I always knew she needed a bit of a rest. And I liked the time bonding. And I think I've done that with pretty much all of them. You know? See, so. Sean's learning some... Yeah, and I'm trying to encourage Jen to have a second and a third child. What, would you, what advice? <laughs> what I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my <laughs> advice to anybody. When you go from... When you've got two children, it's easy. 
two children are easy. As soon as you got a three, you might as well have eight. John, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but yeah. you might as well have eight because eight. holidays, cars, yeah, dynasty, yeah. you snooking, you snooking. So you know, going from three to four, no different. As soon no. as you go from two to three, massive difference. How many do you want? Well, Dynasty, don't we, at this rate? We've eight at least. No, Sean wants. Listen, I always, I always say you're blessed as a parent if you have one child. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people can't have children, and you're blessed if you can have one child. You know, you're so lucky. An amen to that. Yeah, you're so lucky. Yeah, but you know what it is, though? Like, anyone, man, woman, if you work hard mm, and work stressful, sometimes on weekends you just want to do nothing. Yeah. You know, the best nights for me are when Saturday night at home, Chinese, watch a video... Well, watch a film, you know what I mean? And just bag of sweets afterwards. Yeah, lovely. Bottle of wine, nothing. They're the best nights. But it's like we just said, though, isn't it? And it's the same for you guys as well. When you're with people all the time yeah. and you're, it's, you know, it's showtime. You, you, you have you to, always be got to be on. And you've always got you're to be, on. you always got to be approachable to people. Yeah. And talk. It's hard to do. It's hard. You know? It's relentless. All day, It's hard day to do. Out. And then what I find is when you get the drunks. Oh. I can take anyone, but you know the drunks yeah. and they won't leave off. Mm. They won't leave off and you just feel like saying, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, chewing your ear off. So. Oh, yeah. And the smell yeah. of alcohol Same in your face. And they want to grab you. Oh. They want to grab you. They want to oh, grab your head. No. They grab all we like. And some There's of them, no spatial awareness. Yeah, they, they really want to grab you. I'll, I'll just give it back. When someone grabs me hard, I'll just... I can't stand that. That's one thing I can't stand. My That's natural just, reaction yeah. is an elbow, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had one man the other day, he grabbed all my neck like that. He grabbed all my neck, but really no, pulling didn't. it. So I grabbed his neck and went, we can both do that, mate. Yeah, good for you. And he went, oh, 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 you know. Sorry. <laughs> but there you go. It's a different matter. Yeah. That's very Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was all recorded. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. That's fine. Because... <laughs> Yeah. I'll put it on because I'll put up with anything off anyone but when someone wants to grab my neck and pull me expect to get it back so please don't grab yeah no yeah, yeah. drunk and grab us drunk and grab us message yeah. to all the viewers drunk and grab us I'll probably said that now and I every time I go out you attract it yeah <laughs> do you ever have any problems like that Johnny one sticks out my mind I was watching Joe Joyce's fight and there was a, a bloke like really drunk he's probably the worst one I've had just Tapping me, tapping me, oh, photo, photo, like, but pushing really hard, like, and I thought, I'm gonna have to, t- this is the first time I'm gonna have to tell, throw someone away off of me, but yeah. I don't get it as bad because I don't go to the nightclubs as well. Because I'm in the nightclubs late yeah. night, so, not, listen, 99% of people, they're great. Yeah. They really are. Really, it sounds like we're moaning. I'm not no, moaning. no. Yeah. They're really, they're great and it's a pleasure to meet these young people because they get a lot of bad press, young people, mm-hmm. and they are brilliant, but you get the odd 1%, not like anything. And that's that's what it is. And when they're drunk, it makes it worse. Yeah. They're probably when they're not drunk, they're as good as gold. But but I've got to say, the people I meet, the youngsters, everyone, it, yeah, everyone. it restores your faith in the young, you know, because they do get a lot of bad press. But there's a lot of good youngsters out there. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here's a word from our sponsor, AG1. Why do you like AG1 so much, Jim? So before I start my morning routine, I always have a glass of AG1 with my coconut water to kickstart my day. We drink it literally every day. And that's because AG1 helps build your health first, foundation up. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water every day? AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D 
and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. That's drinkag1.com forward slash Sean. Check it out. Thanks for supporting our sponsor, AG1. Link is in the description box. Definitely. Yeah. And you might find them in Timepiece in Exeter. Timepiece in Exeter. Repping that. The Holy Grail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love that. So, so you went, yeah, you went to Exeter Uni to study history. Yeah. So at that point, you didn't think you were going to go on and do boxing? No, I thought I was going to do, be a barrister. That's what my aim was, to do a history, do a law conversion course and become a barrister. But I'm happy I do what I do now. I've done a bit of work experience at a solicitor, as a solicitor. It, it just wasn't for me. Like what you said about, um, I'd rather, the, if I, a barrister would suit me better than a solicitor because you're out and about, you're meeting people, going and do the cases and things like that. But yeah, sitting, at an, sitting in an office is not something I, I, I find enjoyment out of for me. No. No. And did all your kids go to uni? I'm just asking. No, well, Johnny is the eldest. Uh, Henry, second oldest. He done like um when he was working Lloyd's Lloyd's of London degree apprenticeship, so he'd done it while he was sort of working, which was which was good. And William, he's working up the city, he never went to uni, he's done sort of he similar. Insurance as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing really well, William is. But um and Hetty's fifteen. I, I said to Hetty, I'd like I think she should go uni because of the sports and you know it's but it's different pathways for everybody. You know, it was it was what Johnny wanted to do because of the sport he was doing. It it worked. I think a lot of people get hung up on going to university. Now I had a great time at uni. It's a great experience, but it's not the only path that people can take. And no. um, people seem not not been told or or been deceived that university is something you have to do. But yeah, if you do a STEM subject like uh, science, technology, uh, anything like that, I think it's obviously the the path you've got to take. But don't think you've got to go to university to get on in life because a lot of people get a head start when they go straight into. I the can city. see pros and cons in both. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, but it's got to suit you as an individual. You know. No, I didn't. Neither did Richard Branson. Just said. Yeah. At school, you get it gets pumped to you all the time. Get to university. Yeah, go to university. But yes, it, exactly. It, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because you can use your time well. You can do really well at university. But um, I think what the Europeans do well is they don't just advocate that. They advocate vocational skills as well. And I think that's what we need to do a bit more. Oh, here. Definitely, I've always had the yeah. opinion that you should go to uni if it requires you to go to uni. Yeah. That the job you, you yeah, do. like a doctor, yeah. a vet, uh, you know, totally. But not go to university just because you can you're get stuck yeah. in a right at university. You can get in a comfort zone. Exactly. Just because you, you wake up at twelve, you just you want to get, go. You can wake up at eleven a.m. Yeah. You can party yeah. every night exactly. and just get drunk. Yeah. Like you don't use your time correctly. Exactly, yeah. eating noodles. Yeah. So you've instilled like, I mean, all your kids seem really intelligent. What would you say is it that you've taught them that it's not they're not intelligent? It's Johnny's not intelligent, it's just they all seem to do hard workers, yeah. They apply themselves as best they can. I mean, Johnny used to worry about exams, used to be up fretting. I mean, he got all A's in your A levels, didn't you? A stars, GCSEs, all A stars, but it's not because he's more intelligent than anyone, it's because he applied himself Mm. as much as he could. I don't think to pass the exams you have to be you have to have a level of intellect in the critical thinking side of it, especially in essay subjects. But I think it's 
if you've got the big bank of knowledge up in your head, where you, like, I remember writing out A3 sheets of paper with really tiny bits of writing. I'd write, a new, I'd write, write it out three times in my head, then I'd put it onto cue cards, then I'd put it onto little post-it notes, so the information is ingrained in my memory. So I basically got a photographic memory of every single argument that you can lay out. It took me hours and hours and hours to know it all off by heart, and then I'd apply that to an exam. So it's like the amount of hours I spent doing that, you did. You never used I didn't to drop out. a single, on my Russian Revolution out. essay questions, there's 400 marks out of all the questions, and I dropped two marks out of Four hundred, so I've wow. it's just where I like memorised everything in my head. When I think back, I was an absolute nutcase, but <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. It's just but, the way he is. Yeah. He just wants to be the best he can be at what he's doing, and it's not. It's I like not the competition strive. side of it as well. It's like, not my mate, you my mate, strive, I had a few mates just... who are, I had a few mates who are really good at uh, essays as well and really clever. And I just thought I want to beat them as well. So it's a bit of healthy competition as well. And Henry was the same clever boy. Yeah. William. William's the same. He, he knows how to party a little bit more, William, yeah, but he's, a very, he's uh, an intelligent young man. Yeah. But he's William's got personality. probably more intelligent than both of us. He's but, got, he, but he's got personality, William. And, and I'd say to anyone, yes, yeah, school work's good and great, but for me, my experience in life is how you communicate with people, how you get on, you know, how you come out of a room, how you leave them people. You know, it's, it's great to do your schoolwork because it shows you can apply yourself, but have your personality. Have, have, you know, like even Hetty the other day, she was told won't go into it, told by a netball coach, oh, she's very bubbly when we're doing the training sessions. She's a 15-year-old girl. I want my daughter to be bubbly. Absolutely. I want her to have a personality. I don't want her to stand there and go, oh, I'm too scared to talk. You know, as long as you're respectful for people, don't disrespect anybody, but don't be afraid to be who you are. You know, that's, that's, that's all life is, I think. That's and all it is. what would you say the biggest lesson is that I can teach my son? Just uh, always, you have arguments, you're going to have arguments, never go to bed on an argument. You know what I mean? Try and sort it out. But you'll, you'll find it as you go along. You'll, find, you'll know your son. You know what I mean? You'll work it out together. And what's right for someone else isn't necessarily right for him. And don't, don't follow the leader either. Just be your own, and be enjoy own yourself. person. Enjoy yeah. whatever you do. Enjoy life. Saturday night, Chinese. Yeah. Listen, that's all we look forward to sometimes. I can remember getting up three, half three in the morning, every morning during the week. And it'd be Wednesday morning and you think, you know when you get up, lockdown, think, what lockdown day is was it? the one. When we was working, week in, oh, week out. We worked, lockdown, only, yeah. we worked every day from, what, 15-hour days? We, yeah, cut a long story short. With the cheese? We, yeah. lost, we lost our cheese business overnight. Cheese 95% went. Because yeah. we used to serve restaurants and things like that. And we served the catering butchers, shout out SR Cooper Meats, their sponsor, Johnny. And he said to me, John, look, we serve restaurants. We've got no restaurants to serve. Why, do, why don't you serve people's houses with the meat? And we didn't have an online presence then. No one knew who he was. So we, one week, I think we sold about £60,000 worth of meat yeah. for nothing. And uh, we just used to go out 16, oh, 17 hour days. We had to package it all up, but we kept getting the orders, Henry kept getting the orders wrong. Henry so just used to get orders from, route. oh, we'd be, we'd be doing our route. Right, you're working 17 it's hour pitch days. pitch black as well, we've got no light on the back And because Henry would be, have girls messaging him, oh, can you do this one, can you do that one, can you do this one, adding it on. And my wife Charlotte used to take the orders, and the pack of steak, a pack of steak was two steaks in a pack. And she used to get it wrong. Is that one pack or two packs? Yeah, three, she said three steaks. That's someone ordering six. And then we yeah. got a miss. And we used to it's turn up at people's houses with the wrong orders. And, uh, but listen, Saturday I remember. Saturday night was the only night we had off and that was the best. But, Saturday, but you couldn't, when we was out working, you couldn't go to toilet anywhere. The petrol garages wouldn't let you in. You couldn't go anywhere. And um, I can remember just of a Saturday, a Sunday, we used to have a Sunday off oh, and it was baking hot weather and we just used to have barbecues, all the meat we had left over, barbecues, and we enjoyed it. But getting back to what I was talking about before, when you work hard, you get up half three every morning, you think, what day is it? 
oh, it's Wednesday, only two, three more days to be Chinese, Saturday night, because you knew you could relax. Because Saturday day, you'd probably have like a lot of the boys played for district or school football. And then you knew after that, when that was done, you could then relax and have Saturday night and Sunday. Is that when it started then, like this Chinese phenomenon? Chinese has always it, been there. But, I'll tell you when the phenomenon the, actually started. There's a little story, right? And it brings my dad into it again. We was out with our friends, Steve Potts, his family, West Ham legend, played 500 games for West Ham. His son's just won promotion with Luton and Freddie Potts was just in a West Ham team that won the European trophy or whatever. Cut a long story short, we was up Bordello's in Wapping for their anniversary meal. Had a lovely meal, Italian, and then just along the road from that is a pub called the Prospect of Whitby. My dad used to drink in there as a young man because it's around Stepney Green, around Stepney area. And uh, we said, should we go in there? We'll have one. All right, we'll go in there. We'll have one. Well, I've got absolutely... Steve paid for the meal, right? Treated us, right? I paid for the drinks in the pub. It cost me more for the drinks in the pub than it did for the meal. That's how much we drunk, okay? I was absolutely drunk. Got home. I'm hungry. Let's get a Chinese. All of the Chinese. And this is when it took off. And I think it's my dad sending a little... A little help me. I went in with the box. I went, who wants a fucking Chinese? Yeah, like 10 million. 10 million views. Bang. <laughs> and it just like, and that's when everyone, who's this guy with the Chinese? Who's this guy with the Chinese? Did you do Bosch straight away? No. no. That Bosch, just... Bosch. I used to do the Chinese. That's where it took off. And then one video, I think I went, I just went Bosch like that. Didn't think nothing of it. And then my next video I'd done, didn't do Bosch. Must have had, 300 comments why are you not doing Bosch we love the way you do Bosch why are you not saying Bosch where's the Bosch where's the Bosch so I said alright it's the way I said it because I used to go Bosch like that and people loved it uh, and it just took off from there and I was in I was in a swimming pool in France loved, loved France loved driving down there with the family it was in the middle of France in the Jura region 100 degrees in a swimming pool just us with this lovely house and Henry come round, he filmed me, and he went, what you got to say? And I just went, well, we're in France, we've got to say Le Bosch. <laughs> uh, Le Bosch, then we've done Spain, El Bosch, Italy, Il oh, Bosch, Germany, Z Bosch. And that's just <laughs> took off. Because Sean just... didn't know what Bosch was until I explained it. Because we used to say when we were younger, like, put something in your mouth, like, Bosch, like, yeah. gone. Bosch, Bosch, yeah, we used yeah. to watch Bosch. Alan Pace, old comedians, used to have, yes, a, used to have a series called The Bosch Men. Yes. So we used to say Bosch when we was children. You know, just bosh, 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 like that. And then Tom Skinner on The Apprentice said it, and he's like sort of our mate. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even think about saying it, but it's because I said it and everyone wanted it. It's just crazy. It's the way you say it. Like, yeah. you know, but the variations have took it to a, like the Americans love the yee-bosh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Greek, the Greeks, yamas bosh, they love it. They love it, you know? It's just, uh, it's, stupid, really. it is, it's stupid, but it's fun. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's fun. just a bit of fun. Yeah. So how does it feel that the stars have aligned for you to be totally yourself, eat Chinese, chat? Well, that one, I think it was my dad, because I was, I was parallelically drunk, and I don't, I don't condone getting drunk. But every now and again, I'd had a bit of bad news that day, business-wise, money-wise. So I thought, sorry, I'm going to enjoy myself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I enjoyed myself in the pub where my dad used to drink as a young man with his mates. Went home. Someone filmed me going, oh, it's an effing Chinese. And then the next morning, everyone's going, oh, my God, have you seen that video? Henry put it on somewhere. And it just like, we had people in China, like Chinese bloggers putting me on. And it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's just, just like, you know, how things like that take off and, and all these appearances later and here we are now talking to you and we've got another tour coming up and just doing things I could only dream of doing. Earning, earning a living, not earning fortunes, but earning a living in a, a better way. And Being yourself. Way. 
being myself and meeting people all the time, which is great. I love meeting people. You know, Charlotte sometimes says to me, oh, you talk to anyone, but that's me. I love talking to people. You know, I love to find out stories. You know, what people are. I was going to keep telling Jen, we're blessed. We just get to meet the most interesting people, hear the yeah. stories. No, you are, though. You are. Yeah. If, you're, if you're sitting here, it's yeah. like, we've got our little podcast thing called the Big John Chinese Sit Down. We filmed it last night. We mainly had boxes around. We'll have to get yous on it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah we'll have to get you on it. Um, I will out-eat anyone on and it's Chinese. Just, <laughs> just saying. It's just Chinese around our house, because obviously that's a big thing, and we have like a few sort of sportsmen and that. And for us to do that, it's just amazing. Do you know what I mean? You know, we, we're sitting there eating Chinese with people we can only dream of meeting. I think you and should it's... get Jen and Sean round whilst Jen is still prego. Yeah, we don't have because... babies around our house. We don't have crying babies. <laughs> <laughs> because you're eating more at the minute. Yeah. So this could be, there could us. be a food off. Yeah, I think, I think you'll give me a run for my money in a moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a bit worried. <laughs> um, you were mentioning your wife. I was going to ask, what does your wife think of this? just thinks it's crazy you know does she like it she likes it because as i say during lockdown we nearly lost our house we nearly lost everything we didn't get any help but we had one grant from the government that was it because we was in a certain category we didn't have a restaurant but we served them we couldn't get help uh it's just a nightmare an absolute nightmare we had savings they all went we got the bounce back loan i think i'm one of the only people that's paying back the bounce back loan yeah i'm paying it back i know people that got the bounce back loans buy cars with them, put deposits on flats. I got it to keep my business going so I didn't have to go bankrupt. So I'll keep going and I'm paying it back. Um, so we've had hardships, not as hard as other people. Some people have lost people's lives. Some people have lost their businesses. They've lost their houses, but we nearly did. We came together as a family, worked hard, and now we're not out of it yet, but you're, it's, it's, it's a better way to be, much better. And so in that respect, she's grateful. But she does get a bit uh, aggy sometimes. When she comes back, I'm at nightclubs. And you have your photos taken with everyone. And there's some like, good-looking girls at the uh, nightclubs. Who was that you had your photo with? Who was that? Who was that? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's part of it, you know. I'm an old man. There's nothing, nothing sinister about it. It's just uh, what you have to do. Sean doesn't get that, so I don't worry. No. <laughs> <laughs> he can't believe it. Sometimes when he comes with me and he's like younger, I'll feed, I'll feed the girls, or I'll say girls, they're like 20, 21. I feed them prawn crackers out of my hand. And they're all oh my God. Honestly, prawn crackers out of your hand, that sounds erotic. Right? Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> You'd write a book on not, that, John. Yeah. Not when you know where my hands have been. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, all, it's all fun. It's all light-hearted. It's all good. And it's, it's not easy. Because like the other day I drove to, uh, where was we, Loughborough? Yeah. I drove to Loughborough and back. I drove to Hereford and back the same night. I pulled over on the way back from Hereford. I thought, well, I've got to have a sleep because it's too long to drive back. You leave the club at three o'clock in the morning, three and a half hour drive home. And I was tired because I was in Loughborough the night before. I pulled over in a lay-by, middle of nowhere. I turned the engine off. I'm laying down, put my seat back. I'm looking all around. There's all of the bushes and everything. I thought, sod this. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it might be your like, haunted woods. I started the car up and drove home. There's <laughs> a few of these Normally I go into a hotel, but you know, like, I just wanted to go home. It was Father's Day the next day. I wanted to be at home. See, if I stay in a hotel, then I'm not leaving there till 10 o'clock. I'm not getting home till 2 o'clock. I just wanted to get home for Father's Day. But I wasn't hanging about in that lay-by because it was, uh, it was shifting. Isn't that lovely? The, f- uh, the thing that's striking me most about you, John, is your absolute love for your family. Yeah. It's, perhaps, it's, perhaps it's I lovely. love my family a bit too much because sometimes no, I put them before not. everything, before myself. And, but now you are having times now where they're older we can do things like Magaluf on Monday, Charlotte's coming, we're having two nights 
and we'll have a nice night together, you know, after the first night. But yeah, listen, you'll know when you're a parent. To me, a parent, your family, your children come first. Exactly. If they're not going to come first, don't have kids. It's like having a dog. If you're not going to treat your dog as a member of the family, don't have one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my mentality. And dogs are better than people. I just yeah. want to say me, that. Give me dogs at any day of the week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love dogs. We've got four. Oh, have you? Yeah, four. four. One of them's a little sod. I won't mention which one. Johnny was, uh, Johnny's rips, got a dog. Chews everything. Two settees. Two settees ripped all the back of them off. Lawn mowers. Lawn mowers, yeah. jet washes. He's a lovely dog. Wonderful dog, but he just you leave what, him. What is he? XL American Bulldog. Oh, yeah. John Fella. Yeah, he's, he's lovely. He's not, he's not a he's massive not aggressive one. at he's all. He's not, not aggressive. He's, not, he's well built and stocky, but he's, he's not aggressive he's at all. He's the cutest, softest yeah. dog you'll ever meet, but you leave him. He's Arnie's thinking, the best behaved one. We've got Rottweiler. Rottweiler. And he's Rottweiler's massive, a wonderful dog. But he's the best behaved one. He's a wonderful yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So have you had any um, negative... Oh, uh, well, had any plenty. negative experiences since not, going not through this? Not negative experiences. No one says anything to your face. But online, online. you fat bastard, you're going to have a heart attack. You've got <laughs> diabetes. Now, listen, let me just tell you, before we get into this, I'm overweight, I know that, and I'm going to try and lose weight. I've lost weight, I'll put it back on. I was always super fit as a young man. Used to box, used to play football. I've had tests with doctors, with everything. My heart's fine, diabetes, they haven't got it. All my cholesterol's fine. And they said to me, your fat is purely outside of your body you're still fit underneath from where you was fit as a young man. But that's not going to last forever. I know that. You can't keep putting weight on and being fit. But the abuse you get is... Uh, and I'm not bothered about it because I couldn't care less. I've been fit. I've been fat. Give me fat any day of the week because I'm a lot happier. That's just what I'm saying. But I know I need to get fitter. But there are people out there, I get messages every day from overweight people. I think overweight people kill themselves more than any, any other demographic. And uh, I get messages every day and like overweight people say, I'm so glad you're standing up for, you know, and, and when I get hurtful, hateful messages, I put them, I'll re-put them on my story and tag in the people and say, look, you're not bothering me, but please think about what you say because other people are. And nine times out of 10, the people that do it will come back to me and apologise, say, look, I'm really sorry. When you put it out, you put it. I didn't mean to do it. You do get the odd one that comes back even more. Then I just block and move on. But I just try and highlight that a little bit. Now, I'm overweight. It's nobody else's fault apart from mine. But just because someone's overweight or hypernourished, as we like to call it, don't mean that you can be hurtful and hateful to them, mm. to the fact where you're going to make them think about doing something to themselves. Mm. You know? So that's all I mean. I couldn't care less. I'm enjoying my life. We're all going to die. And I'm not saying that, you know, I know I need to be healthier, but I'd rather be here enjoying myself than not. So, but other people, they can't take it. And some people, they're overweight, they can't help it, they might have an illness, might have depression, they might have other things. I'm overweight purely because he brings home food every bloody day of the week. And I, and I, and I go out enjoying myself, so that, I've just got to change my habits to make myself a bit healthier. But yeah, you do get a lot of hate, but the, the love far outweighs the hate, trust me. You know, you might put a post on, you might get, get 6,000 likes, you might get five negative comments. So, you know what I mean? But Twitter's the worst one. Twitter, I think, is dreadful. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely dreadful. A few times I thought, should I come off it? You know what I mean? Just because it's just not worth it on there. Because you have got literally people, professional haters. Yes. Professional haters. That is the thing about social media. It gives you know some of the worst voices in the world a platform, yeah. but also it's a massive tool for... But listen, we put ourselves out there. I'm putting myself out there eating Chinese. So you're going to get some abuse because I'm promoting eating Chinese 
eating this, but I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to do it in a happy, in a happy sort of way. And when I do a Chinese order, people don't realise it's for a family of six. People think you order it just for yourself. Do you know what I mean? So, but I do put myself out there. So you've got to expect some sort of, uh, oh, you fat this, you fat that. But some of it is like terrible. And you think, it don't bother me, but there's other people out there it does. And I get, I must get 50 messages a day from people saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's good. Yeah. So, you know, look, I'm not saying I'm anybody, I'm not. But when I see a hurtful message, I'll just repost it and just put a comment underneath it. I'm going to start doing that, you know. Yeah, I think so. I'll take them in, I'll take them in, I'll take them in. Because they're all right, they, they can put it on your post. So if they can put it on my post, then it can go on my story. Do you know what I mean? So, right. Right, yeah. you give me a challenge yeah. now. No. Cheers. Only to the hurtful ones. Yeah, no, I can yeah. take. I can take. Like even when Johnny boxes, you have people. Oh, if Johnny knocks someone out in one or two rounds, they're a bum. If Johnny beats him on points, he's a bum. There's never. You know what I mean? You can't please everyone. No, no. And you can take. We can take um, criticism with Johnny from boxing when it's constructive. Of course we can. He's learning. He's still got a lot to learn. I can take it wherever it is. But when you get the... He, he, don't, he don't care at all. But when you get the idiotic comments, yeah. I just think, why, you know, idiots. But everyone who sits and watches the fight at home, let's remember they're the best fighters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they're the best. They know what they're talking well, about. Well, I mean, people... It's like... I'm not... So, like, Johnny Nelson, a famous boxer, said it before, civilians yeah. will never understand what it's like. No, so no don't try and tell but them. But people no can have an opinion. They can have an opinion. Paying I'm, I'm paying to come and watch me fight. Yeah. They go and pay to uh, get their tickets, they come and watch. They can say what, people can say what they like, negative or positive, as but long as they keep watching. It's the, it's the idiotic comments. You know, the ones that are just there, just a bang. You know? So we, we deal with them how we deal with them. Wankers in Nanny's basement. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> it is. And they're all faceless. All faceless accounts, you know. You very rarely get someone having a pop with their face there and who they are, you know. But it's social media for you. He's got his plus points. He's got his bad points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, have you got a secret up your sleeve for how you're going to continue to move forward with your new celebrity that's status? A good, that's a good question because we speak to Adam, Johnny's manager, and he says you've got to have something to create longevity. Mm. And we've had a few people want to back a restaurant because obviously you're known for food, so. Is that the way forward? I don't know, because restaurants are struggling. It's a hard, can you earn a living? You know, I suppose with my following, I don't like to call it fan base, with my following, people will want to come and eat in the restaurant if you're, if you're there. Because you like, do a range of Bosch food. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, we promote the Blue Orchid Chinese restaurant. Or you can eat buffet. Or you can eat buffet. <laughs> we promote the Blue Orchid Chinese restaurant in Romford. Don't get paid by them. Don't get, they look after us when we do our Chinese sit down. But I've been eating in there with Charlotte before Johnny was born. Oh, lovely. We used to go out, we used to go out when we was going out of each other, go there, then got the pictures. And it's the same family in there now. The, obviously, the people that was running it, Ray's older and his sons are running it. And we're in there all the time and it is the best Chinese. But there's people going there from Ireland, from Scotland, from up north just to go to the Blue Orchid because it's where we eat our Chinese. So, so I'm glad we've brought them. You know, it's, it's a lovely Chinese. It should, be, it should be enjoyed. But if people are doing that for that, if we had our own restaurant, perhaps that could do the same sort of thing, you know? But it's, uh, it's getting the yeah, time I at the like moment. I like the sound of that, yeah. having your own restaurant. Yeah, it, it could be because I'm associated with food more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Guest uh, appearances by the Suns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I've got to... They'll be eating all the profits. I've gone all Dragon's Den thinking of ways. I'm like, have you got a favourite sauce? Like, Bosch well, sauce? Someone, someone said to me, another one of Johnny's sponsors, Tony Alvino got a lovely wine shop in Buckler still. 
and he went, what is it, Big John's punchy Kung Po sauce. <laughs> yeah, because Kung Po, Kung Po prawns are like yeah. a signature dish. Mm-hmm. So he went, Big John's punchy, he said you should bring out your own sauce, he's a clever man. Like mm-hmm. Levi Roots? Yeah. yeah, he said you should do something like that, just like, yeah. but we do need some longevity, because it's not going to last forever, not for me. You know, hopefully it lasts for years for Johnny, but what I'm doing is not going to, not going to last forever. But at the moment, it's it. okay. I've still got about another six months, I can see. So, at uh, least, come yeah, on. At least, at least, <laughs> at least, let's hope. We've got the tour. We've got the tour coming up. So. I'm looking forward to that, because we're... as I said, that scares me a little bit, because of, um, it's, it's new to me. Do you know what I mean? I'm used to going out, saying boshies and throwing prawn crackers to the crowd and meet and greet. I think so, we might do some prawn cracker throwing into the crowd. Got to do some prawn cracker or chicken ball eating contest yeah. or something Oh, like well, that. actually, funny to say that about a contest. We have actually got a contest happening. There's a competition happening to win... A Chinese after the... Yeah, yeah for after two people event. and two guests. Yes, yeah. after the event. After the event, yeah. So the there will be rooms. competitions running on every single night that John's on tour... Um, we're Looking forward to it though, because we're spending time like with each other, and yeah. you know the boys will come up, and it will just be. Just Romford be Army will come Romford and support. Will be there. Yeah, of Romford course, Army will definitely. Be there. Looking forward to it. But we're going, we're going to places where there's a few Romford Army hotspots like Cardiff, Glasgow, Liverpool. Dublin, Liverpool. Yeah, and just to mention, we are kicking off. Let yeah. me just consult <laughs> little black book. Thirteenth of July in Middlesbrough. Yeah, we've got to have a Palmo, is it? A, a Palma. 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 Is it Palmo or Palmo? It's a Palmo. 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 Do you know what it is? Is it Parvo? Palmo. 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 It's Palmo, isn't it? Yeah. Palmo. So yeah, yeah, it's a slice of buttered chicken, I want to say, or breaded chicken, which is cheese, more cheese, Oof, melted cheese, lovely. wasn't it? It was... Yeah. Sounds good. I really quite like the sound of that. Something else. I break it to you, John. I actually don't like Chinese. Really? That's all right. We can have an Indian. Oh yeah, I'll have a ruby. Yeah, we yeah. can have an Indian. Because as I said to you, when we go out and sit down in a restaurant, nice. Yeah, chicken. we can have nice a chicken Indian. curry from the Chinese. Yes, that's my favourite. I can do that. It's nice chicken Chinese chicken curry is pretty yeah. good. Oh, that's my favourite. Can I have your chicken ball? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no. We'll convert you. I think we'll convert you. We'll bring you the blue orchid, and uh, we'll get B two. I think we'll convert her, won't we, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Jen's pro goes, because I want to see her eat you under the yeah, table. She will. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's going to happen. Yeah. So, Johnny, are you going to try and join your dad on some of these tour dates? Yeah, I'll try and get along to a couple of them, depending on when they are. But it's always fun. I enjoy going to the nightclub appearances as well. So, yeah, the tour would be good as well. That'd be fun. That'd be a bit different, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, but, yeah, definitely. It's a good places. Dublin would be one I'd, I'd love to yeah, go never, to. Yeah, never been to Dublin. Never been to Belfast. Oh, do you know it's the biggest city in the world? Is it? Yeah, it keeps doubling, doubling, doubling. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, no, it's not Tokyo. Is. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Love that. That's a good joke. <laughs> Dad joke. I'll do that on the first, the first <laughs> tour. <laughs> do you know Dublin's the biggest city in the world? <laughs> I bet they have them. <laughs> You're going to get pork crackers thrown at you. Yeah, I bet they have them. No, the, uh, the fan base for Johnny is massive in Ireland. Really? Massive. Yeah, absolutely massive. Is there any particular reason why, do you think? I don't know. I'm not I, think, sure. I think people are just taking to Johnny because of big fighting, no. big fighting city in Dublin as well. No. I, Ireland's they, they love their boxing, don't they? So mm, yeah. and the rugby as well. They probably like the rugby. Well, do you know the Irish rugby team? Three or four of them after they beat France in the Six Nations, they're facetiming me from the changing rooms. Really? Yeah, big jump, bash, big jump, bash, and they've just beat France. And I'm thinking, I said to Johnny, look at this, and we just couldn't believe it. You know, so he's a big following in Ireland, so it'd be good to get over to Dublin and Belfast. We've got, yeah, we've got Belfast, Belfast as well. It'd well. yeah. be, yeah. be great to, to go over to Ireland. And uh, as I say, it's funny how things 
because like we've got a big following in I say we because Johnny has I have got a big following in Scotland Glasgow but we've got equally from like Rangers and Celtic so it's funny how you can bridge yeah, a gap nice. do you know what I mean you haven't just got one demographic that, that supports you so it's weird it's just weird what's happening very weird I'm excited I'll definitely come on one of your tour dates it's probably the Kingston one with you but and so what have you got coming out then John hopefully e- got a, my, <laughs> find out my um, fight news soon I'll talk to my managers tomorrow and just keep rolling um, going into 10 round fights now so just uh, keeping it keeping it rolling keep building the momentum so um, yeah I'll just get in the gym start training again and get ready for the next one I have a couple of weeks off after every fight and then get back in because all I keep hearing now, I'm like I said, I'm not massive in you know a yeah. huge amount of knowledge on the boxing scene, but I just keep hearing people blowing smoke up your ass to <laughs> the next big deal. No, it's good. It's because of obviously the supporters I've got. It's great that they uh, want to come and watch. But the way I fight is entertaining for people as well. I'm aggressive, and I'm going to try and go for the knockout every single time. So You're aggressive yet calm. Yeah, aggressive in the style, but you've got to have a calm head. I'm mm. trying to calm myself down even more. What does Mark Tim say? Less is more. Less is mm. more. Yeah. yeah. But it's exciting. People want to watch heavyweight boxing because everyone's big, everyone can punch, and they're going to see knockouts. So and the thing I don't want to detract from that. He's not. You got a few like other sort of prospects. We call them. They're good, but they're a bit tentative behind what they can do. Johnny will go for it. There's no ifs or buts. Yeah. So you know, you know, and you I'm lose with conviction. Yeah, yeah. I just want to. I want to get the job done. But I know it's not always as simple as going over there and knocking someone out. Sometimes you have to have a plan B. When I broke my hand in my fifth fight and I got cut in the first 30 seconds I knew I couldn't throw my right hand properly and I probably could have done a little bit better than I, than I did with the right hand because I kept still trying to throw it in a weird way but you're not always going to knock them out so you've got to think about a plan B and that's what I'm developing at the minute as well he's learning yeah. learning, no. learning every day I only, had, I only had four senior amateur fights and six junior fights so a lot of uh, boxers have about 50 to 100 amateur fights and I've done it on 10 yeah. so I'm learning as I go was that fight the most challenging when you damaged your hand yeah that was challenging the Spanish heavyweight champion who's yeah. fighting as well here is a word from today's sponsor, Aura. If you Google someone, you can find out all kinds of personal information about them. This information is accessible because of data brokers who profit by selling your information to robocallers, telemarketers, spammers. You can use my link, https dot dot forward slash forward slash Aura dot com. Aura is A-U-R-A forward slash Sean Atwood, S-H-A-U-N-A-T-T Wood. To try two weeks for free and see how many data brokers are sharing your info. Also linked in my description box on this YouTube version or scan the QR code on the screen. Aura also monitors your emails and passwords to see if they were involved in a data breach and exposed on the dark web and gives you the recommendations on what to do. Aura has almost every internet safety tool you'll ever need all inside one app. So I got fight. cut in the first 30 seconds. I could feel the, eye, my, the blood coming down my eye. But that was experience gained in that fight. It was in front of 2,500 of my own supporters as well wow. at Ali Pali. So it was a great and atmosphere. Johnny, Johnny won every round, but there was competitive rounds. Yeah, which was good for me. And I was yeah. sitting there. I was with my mate was at ringside. And Johnny kept throwing the right hand, looping it. I'm going, what's, the, what's he doing? I said, he's just got to throw a straight right. And it's afterwards, he, he ran to throw it on that side. He, he, he broke it in the changing rooms before they went out. No, it's broke for... Th- my whole training camp but it was getting worse and worse yeah. it was splintering down you know, like like so splinters. I splintered it 
in my mess of carpool, it was getting worse and worse. And then in the changing rooms, I've cracked it a little bit more. And I thought it was going to be okay. First round, I felt all right. And I crunched him in the second round or the end of the first round. And that's when another big crack appeared. So, yeah, I went to the doctor after and he showed all the different cracks and how old they were and when they'd happened. So it was, yeah, it was quite interesting to see. What was your next most challenging fight after that one? Uh, Torero won, but the one the O2 yeah, so that was the first one in front of a crowd and I never fought in front of a crowd I fought at a fight camp in Eddie Earns Garden before that which is a small crowd yeah. about 100 people You're coming out of lockdown coming so, out of lockdown yeah. and that was the first time I fought in front of the Romfable army and, and it was massive yeah it was the whole way around the old O2 the bottom of the O2 was the, full the of the noise was just you know because especially after lockdown as well people wanted to get out yes. yeah. so it was like ultra Yeah, we and Charlotte were sitting there and we were like they're singing for Johnny and they're singing like before he's coming out and we just looked at each other and we just can't believe this. Oh, how lovely. We just can't yeah. believe it and it was yeah. just the whole way round. Well, they're chanting great. your name, is that? Yeah, yeah singing yeah. a song. Really got a song. There's a song. What's the song? What song? There's only one Johnny Fisher, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, you know, like just a, just a chant. And, and and Henry's brought out a son's brought out a song the Romford Ball song hasn't he yeah the Romford Ball he's got like a song Henry's good at he makes songs Henry and makes all the videos yeah and stuff. he's quite he's yeah, quite it's good yeah. it's great that people want to come out and spend their money to support me so it's the first time that happened then you got that rush my legs were my legs were gone were they I was in the yeah it's just it was weird it's surreal psychology because it's like the first time experiencing it like it was just surreal but I I managed to catch him with like a left hook on the side of the head in the second round and I saw him wobble and I thought I've got him now so it was tough as well tough tough man because Johnny knocked him down three times he kept getting back up kept getting back up getting back up tough tough proper tough man you know but it was good performance great night and that was when Eddie Hearn took notice. Yeah. You know, although Johnny's had like a contract with him, that was like, he thought, oh, wow. And I got, got a new something. contract after that, didn't I? Yeah, he got a new contract after that. Yeah. Yeah, not surprised. No, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, but fought in Sheffield as well. That was great. Liverpool as well. It's not it's just fighting fight in away from London as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. One day we'll fight in Vegas as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Who do you want to fight the most now? Uh, there was a guy called Christopher Lovejoy who kept calling me out. America. 20, <laughs> 20 knockouts, one one defeat and we thought he was a lot better than what he was but he's, he, had an, he had an exhibition match and messed it up like it just yeah. conning me like it was we tried, it was building a really good rivalry and he was just sort of uh, all bark and no bite so but for yeah. me it's just about um, progressing my own path and getting making sure that I'm progressing as I need to and uh, I let my managers and promoters sort out the rest but it, it's all going to come one day maybe uh fight Joshua or Fury at the end of their career imagine that that'd be good Joshua, Joshua I've got nothing but respect like I've got yeah, nothing so but respect for them guys because right. he's still got something there they're, they're, yes. they're, they've got they've got enough they've, they've they're, they're the best of their era Tyson's the Joshua's the U6's mm. the Wilder's and uh, if you can ever get to the level of them guys you know you've done something wrong I think you're right in their era they are yeah. they are the they are the best I mean yeah. obviously Tyson Fury for me is We'll look, we'll look back on this era and think, oh my God, that was good. Yes, you know, hopefully we one or two of them will fight each other yeah. before it's over, but we'll look back on this and think, That was oh great, like, the, like from 20, 2015 to 2020 yeah. was a great yeah. five Phenomenal. years for... All, yeah. all, all I'd, like, I'd like to see, AJ fight Wilder. I'd like Fury to see a, a, AJ and Fury. And that AJ and needs, Fury. Yeah. That needs, needs to, to happen. happen. One of them, one of them. I'll be happy if we get one of them. Yeah, because I'm, I'm boxing. It rarely happens as you want it to. Do. AJ Fury, that's the one. That's got to happen. Yeah, because that'd be great. Forget the others. Yeah, AJ yeah, Fury. A- I don't want to see anything else. No, that's I'm, got to happen, and I'm I know that t- know that Fury's up for it. He's yeah. bang up for it. Yeah, I think Joshua will be as well. You know, I mean, think of the money they're going to earn in that fight. 
hundreds you know? of millions. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Make yeah. it happen. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Eddie. Come on, Tyson. What, what do you think of YouTubers fighting like Jake Paul? Listen, if you want to dedicate yourself and you want to train hard, like a few of them are, like KSI is. Mm. Who am I to tell you not to not to do it? Um, but when they had them two. Like some of the joke, joke fighters, it. It was, yeah. It was, it was it's when wrong. people do it and they don't take it seriously and they think they can just turn up yeah. on three weeks training. But people like KSI, people like Jake Paul, who have proper training camps, who train with professionals, as long as you know what it is, it's not professional boxing, it's YouTube boxing. If they want to dedicate themselves, then fair play to them because they've all got massive followings who want to watch them fight and they generate a lot of money. So, yeah. yeah. It's the ones that do take the mickey out of it that yeah. get me. Yeah. Get you my train for two weeks, yeah. don't spar. You can don't tell they haven't sparred, they get in the ring and they've like, turned their heads. And they're like, oh my God, yeah. what's this? Turning that's that's an embarrassment. But you can then tell they haven't sparred at all, yeah. which is wrong. You should have a test before you can get in that ring and uh, you know yeah. you should have to do so many rounds of sparring and do it properly. What do you think of the, what is it, King of the Streets fighting? I don't know what that is. What's that? King of the no. Oh, no, no. I no it. rules, no limits. Oh, no. The biting ears yeah. off and all that stuff. Yeah. So basically, street fighting. It's not for me. No, no it needs to be some sort of regulation. There yeah. needs to be a bit of yeah. code of honour, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 There is no code of honour. I, like, I like the respect that boxing, Ooh. like martial arts, you know. That's what boxing, yeah, so that's what martial arts teaches you. Yeah. Respect. You, you, have, you have to respect your opponent. There has to be some rules. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's go just out on the street and just have a fight. And, you know. That's not what it's about. Contrary to what a lot of people believe in, that. It's not about respect and honour. Boxing and combat sports is about honour and respect. Yeah, we interviewed a guy called Bash, and he just got back from a fight, and he had to—he lost it because he had the guy's ear stuck in his throat, and he was losing his ability to breathe. Yeah. Jesus, not for the feet high. Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just—I just—I don't see the no. point of that. It's a bit, you know, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah, just barbaric. I love a good fight. I love, I yeah, love boxing, a good fight. Boxing, you've got the gloves, you've got the respect, exactly, you've got the ref. Exactly, but like you say, it's the honour, it's the respect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've done Thai boxing and, you know, there's so much respect and honour in that. Yeah, totally. And you, you don't really get that in a, in a lot of other sports. But you listen, know? if people want to do that, if they want to do it, oh, yeah, of course. let yeah. them do it. But it's, well, for me personally, it's not I, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch but it. Yeah. Yeah. I respect, respect anyone who wants to do anything. It's up, yeah. it's up to them, mm. 100%. So, bit of a deeper question now then. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Johnny first. What's the biggest challenge you've ever had in your entire life? Biggest challenge? One of the... Uh, coming back from my injury was quite a big challenge. When I, like, was my ha- I broke my hand in that fight. had a big, uh, big layoff and I thought... It's a, bit, a lot of confidence... Not a confidence issue, but you've got to have faith in your hands again because it's very weird as a boxer. If you haven't got faith in, in your hands, throwing your right hand properly, you're never going to knock anyone out. You're never going to do it. So coming back from that, I fought in Sheffield and knocked the man spark out on the floor. That was a good mental challenge that I overcome because it's, it can be psychological. Like my hand was healed, but it's still in the back of your mind. Can I? Can I still punch? Is it? Is it okay? Because you're throwing all your force through it, and your body's like, should I do it? Should I do it? And I've done it, and I knocked him out. So it's good to overcome that that bit of hardship. But yeah, what about you? Well, obviously getting through lockdown that was a massive challenge, like we said for other people, but for me. Just like when my dad was on his deathbed, seven days it took him to die. They said he'd be dead within one when they took away. Yeah, that was bad. It's dreadful. You know, when How you old see, were you, John? Uh, 12 years ago, so I was, four, I was 30, 36, yeah, when my dad died. And as I say, I work with my dad every day of my life. So it's not only my dad going, it's like my best friend, my workmate. But when you see someone that you look up to and respect so much, just struggling for life and you knew there's nothing you can do for them, that's the hardest thing for me. 
you without a shadow for about six days. Yeah, they said they turned everything off. They said, look, there's nothing we can do. They said he'd be gone within 24 hours max. It's six days he lasted for. Yeah, to the end. Yeah, just, and we, thankfully I was there. My wife was there. My mum was there when he took his last breath. And Dave, And Dave, my brother-in-law Dave, yeah, was there when he took his last breath. So it's just, listen, you know, I'm glad, grateful I got memories with my dad. And that's all I say. You love ones. As long as you make memories, you've always got it. You know, you've all, you, no one can take them away from you. But he was taken too soon. But it's life, unfortunately, and it happens to a lot of people all of the time, every day, non-stop. So, because I think in one of your other interviews, you said something about you know, you might be you're saying it generally to people, but like people complain about the mums nagging them and stuff, but they're not going to be there at no, some point, no. are they? I just remember, you know, people say it to you, you look at your phone, I've still got dad on my phone, you know, and there's only you just wish that would ring. Do you know mm. what I mean? And it's your dad on the end of the phone. And it's not until they're not there. We always take everybody for granted. I mean, my mum come round today before she come round and we had like a little talk. She was on the phone and I was thinking, oh, for God's sake, mum. For God's sake. But you do. It's just natural. Yeah, natural. But then, you know, she's 75, 76. She's not going to be here all the time. But it's life, you know. You're not, you're not going to go around telling everyone you love them all the time. That's just not life either. But just make, just make your memories. Just... just and like when my dad's, my dad's deathbed, we was talking like, you know, you talk for all these days, you're sitting there, you, all your memories, you talk about are happy memories when you're on holiday. So I think try and have as many holidays as you possibly can as a family, because that's when you can truly relax. You know, during work time, when you're home, you're not really truly relaxed. But when you go away on holiday, even if it's for two, three nights, you're totally relaxed and you do make the best memories. So, yeah. What a lovely note to end it yeah, on. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to tell the viewers... Ella, just again, where the tour is going to commence. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jen. <laughs> so the tour is commencing on the 13th of July. We're going to be in Middlesbrough. Then we're going to be going over to Belfast on the 20th, Brighton on the 22nd, Liverpool on the 30th. And then following on from there, we're into September. We've got Leeds on the 7th, Manchester on the 15th, Dublin on the 17th, Oldham on the 22nd, Cardiff on the 25th, Portsmouth 27th, and then the last stop is October the 6th in Glasgow. Bosh. Bosh. <laughs> wow. And, and Johnny, for your fights then, is, this, is there a web page people can yeah. go and find out when it's going to be announced? On my Instagram, you go on Johnny Fisher one um, and I'll update people regularly on there. And uh, just thank you to everyone for your support. And we'll put all your links in the description box below this video. Thank you, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been, been real good. Oh, yeah, talk. Thank, thank you for having us. And I look forward to a Chinese First of many, yeah. <laughs> good luck with what you've got coming thank around the corner. You. Good luck. Your Cheers. life's about to change. Thank you. Chet Sandu's book is finally available worldwide on Amazon. He's one of our most viral podcast guests ever. The book is called Self-Made, Juice Paid, an Asian kid who became an international drug-smuggling gangster. Do you want to read some of the back, Jen? Yeah, go the blurb. In 1999, Chet Sandu was arrested at gunpoint in Alicante Airport for smuggling the largest quantity of illicit pharmaceutical drugs in Spanish history. Interesting. Overnight, he went from living in the shadows of the Costa del Crimes underworld to being labelled a notorious supervillain in the international press. Incarcerated alongside murderers, rapists and terrorists in a super maximum security wing. He had to navigate a world of murderous knife fights, prison breaks, drug taking 
and high-stake power plays. Good bedtime read. In self-made use paid learn how a British-born Asian kid with disabilities raised in a corner shop emerged as a protector of his family from racist thieves and hooligans. Be prepared to be entertained, informed and offended by Chet's no-holes-barred account of raves, drugs, bodybuilding, entering the fashion industry. Did you know that he dated Kylie Minogue and Naomi yes. Campbell? <laughs> latest interview. Working the doors and life in one of the world's deadliest places to be incarcerated. If you enjoyed Chet's podcast series with us, there's a lot more detail in the book. Check it out. Worldwide on Amazon, ebook, paperback, and audiobook. I kill you! I yeah! a knife and a cush and all that, like. Yeah! And he's looking at me, and we went white, and he has gone, like. <laughs> <laughs> What is it about a tough guy that fascinates us? Imagine I'm hearing that, I'm thinking I'm not going down today. If I go down today, yeah, I'm dead. We're bringing you the very best of our interviews with Britain's hardest men. They made the mistake of bringing billy cubs, iron bars and knives to a gunfight. No Rules Fighter Bash, Stephen the Devil French and my best friend, Wild Man. Over two hours of terrifying tales of punch-ups, stabbings. That's what happens in that world. You, you leave people long enough, they get enough rope chain themselves. Attempted murders and exceptional all-round hardness. This film is available to rent or own on Amazon or Vimeo. Plus, the first 30 customers to order this film Get a 30% discount on any Vimeo order. Click the link below to see if you're one of the lucky ones. This film will drop your jaw like a punch from the hard men we talked to. So why not order your copy today? <laughs>